This was a great one. Dr. Scott in the house for the very first time, someone that I have heard uh, quite a bit about, a close uh, a companion and teammate alongside Dr. Ted Achacoso. We recorded these ones back to back and absolutely loved them. I know we we're going to get these both out last week. Did not, we're not able to do that. So <laughs> if you're expecting to last week, lo siento. Um, anywho, uh, love this podcast. We, we really dovetailed off the conversation with Dr. Ted and took a deeper dive into more of the nitty gritty. So a lot of the nitty gritty behind supplements like Methylene Blue. Um, Dr. Scott's also a specialist in hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is something that I used to do quite a bit when I was fighting professionally. Um, I think Tim Ferriss was doing you know, some kind of crazy feats of strength, like seven minute breath holds in there using some form of, of Wim Hof breathing and ketosis, uh, in there. I, I never really got into that yet. I'm, I'm, I'm super down to try. Um, but from a healing standpoint, it's absolutely incredible. There's, there's, um, there's very few things like that, you know, and it's one of the reasons Dr. Dan Engel included it in the concussion repair manual. It has the unique ability to heal all things, uh, whether you're recovering from a knee injury. I remember I brought it up on the podcast, but I remember Terrell Owens, um, when he was playing with the Eagles, had the high ankle sprain in the NFC championship game. And he slept in a, in a mild pressure, uh, hyperbaric oxygen bag for two weeks and was phenomenal in the Super Bowl. And it was a really, you know, like, oh, big deal. He had a sprain. Like it was a decent sprain and he was able to bounce right back. Um, so there's, it's cool technology, you know, for sure. And it's more readily available than it was in the past. Um, you can punch in, you know, your search. If you live in any city or close to any city, uh, you can, you can access one most likely. And they have some here in, uh, Austin. So it's been shit like eight years since I've gotten in one. Um, but I am, uh, just had a, a mild knee tear that I got stem cells for. And, uh, Dr. Scott recommended that as the one, two punch. So super excited to start that but we break down a ton of stuff in here his story his background as with all guests and then we deep dive um really what it means to be healthy and how to achieve that and what are some of the things that we can take in conjunction with a strong foundation you know um a lot of what this show focuses on is the strong foundation or we'll deep dive one particular supplement here and there um but really what's cool about what dr ted and dr scott are doing is that they've, they've created a myriad of wonderful additions to a good working foundation. And I think that that has tremendous benefit. Um, I've never had a guy on the podcast to, to really deep dive hyperbaric oxygen his first time. I think Dr. Dominic D'Agostino was the only other person I've had on who really has um, a foray in that field. But he, you know, I don't, I can't, so, so many years ago, I'm not sure how deep we took it. Um, so this is great. It was much needed. Uh, I want to have Dr. Scott back on regularly. He's a fantastic dude with a ton of info, and you guys are going to really appreciate this one. I know there are a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, leave us a five-star rating. If you do so, we will select one of you. We've got a winner from September that I got to select here. Uh, at the end of each month, September, October, November, December, there will be four winners this year who will get my favorite Organifi supplement. And um, Organifi is doing this. They hit me up with it. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. That's a great way to get the show more listeners, get more eyes on it. So one or two ways the show's helped you out in life. And, um, you know, it's really, it's random, but it's also who leaves the best review is likely going to be picked. 
just fucking say it. I'll call it out right there. This <laughs> is not completely random. Um, doesn't mean you have to write your life story, but if it's a good review and it's to the point and, um, and really lands, you know, in one of the ways that the show's helped you out um, and it's meaningful, like, absolutely. So uh, Organifi is running that till the end of the year. They may continue to run it in 2023 if we get a good response, meaning if we get a lot of people doing it and leaving good reviews, then absolutely. Uh, a lot of people are going to get hooked up with Organifi products. I'm currently working with, with them on what I can give, uh, but it will be at the bare minimum my favorite product, which is one of three. We've talked about that before. I'll dive into that when we talk supplements here and different things uh, in our sponsors. The other way is you just share with a friend. You share it with a friend who, who you're like, you know what, this is going to vibe with them. Um, in particular, and we don't, we don't really get into the weeds in this podcast in particular with Dr. Scott, but in particular, if I have one that's going against the narrative of the mainstream and you're like, ha, I told you, here's some proof and he's linked to the show notes and there's science and there's documentaries and there's X, Y, and Z and a book you need to read and you're sending that to the person who you've been arguing with for the last six months, that ain't going to turn them. <laughs> That's not going to be the thing. And I've done that. I've made that mistake with like Dr. Peter McCullough on Rogan's podcast and things like that. I've got people flat out tell me like, I don't want to listen to that podcast. I don't want to listen to that podcast because of X, Y, and Z. And I have to honor that. Um, but I will say, uh, this is one that lands, you know, it's one of those ones that speaks to the lowest common denominator. And if you've, if you've got anybody that's trying to optimize their health, there are a number of ways to go about that. Dr. Scott really lays that out. That's why I think this is one that everyone's going to love. And so share this with friends, share this with anybody who wants to perform better, uh, individually, send them a freaking Apple iTunes link. If they, if you know, they got an iPhone, send them it on Spotify. If you know, they don't, and that's an easy way to, uh, you know, word, what is it? Mouth to mouth, not mouth to mouth resuscitation, uh, word of mouth. There we go. Damn word of mouth. It's the morning time while I'm recording this, so bear with me. Anywho, and the third, the last, but definitely not least, support our sponsors because they make this show possible. They make it fiscally, financially possible for me to take the time that I do to put into this podcast. And so when you buy from them, you are supporting me indirectly. You keep them keeping the show alive. And I thoroughly, thoroughly, and lovingly thank you for all the support you guys have given my sponsors over the years. We've had many, like Organifi, stick around for a very long time because of the love and support you guys give to them with my coupon codes. We have a newer one, a uh, newer podcast sponsor today that is absolutely phenomenal. Some people may wonder why there's alcohol on the podcast if it's a health show, and, and the truth is we all get down. It's, it's the world's drug. Outside of caffeine, alcohol is the drug that we all agree upon should be legal. It is a drug. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do any drug, whether that's ayahuasca or psilocybin or alcohol or cannabis, right? And we had a deep dive with um, Ryan Sprague on cannabis, right? You can abuse that just as much as you can do it, abuse anything. Probably going to be less toxic to the body if you're abusing cannabis than, than alcohol, no doubt about that. But there is a right way to do alcohol. Desnudo Organic Tequila is the cleanest, best tasting premium tequila on the market. It was launched in January of 2022 by Indianapolis-based co-founders Nick Bloom and Brian Eddings selfishly wanted a tequila that didn't leave them feeling terrible after a night of drinking in a spirit that fit into their health and wellness lifestyle. Out of necessity, they created Desnuda, which means naked. Their blue Weber agave plants have been organically grown in Jalisco's Amatian region for seven years. Desnuda is certified USDA organic and GMO and additive free, meaning zero pesticides or herbicides for seven long years. Their domestic competitors grow for only three to four years, all while using pesticides, herbicides, and inorganic fertilizers. 
Zero sugar is added to desnuda, giving their tequila a low, nearly non-existent glycemic index. This is important. A lot of people are like, how do I lose weight while I'm still drinking? I still want to go out and have a nightlife. And every time I drink, it fucks up my gains. Well, that's dose-dependent, numero uno. But number two, a lot of the things that you're taking in have sneaky carbs in them. Even red wine has sneaky carbs in it, unless you're drinking dry farm. And a lot of hard alcohol has sneaky carbs in it too, believe it or not. So just because you're choosing tequila and um, soda water doesn't mean that it's going to help you with weight loss. This will. This is something that is designed for athletes. Zero sugar is added. Uh, Other tequilas on the market do add sugar, tend to yield a larger profit at the expense of your nasty hangovers the next day. That's another thing that people don't realize is the greater the carbs you're drinking, usually the worse the hangover. Now, you can go back in time, and, and if you're like me, you're like, oh, yeah, Mad Dog 2020. That fucked me up. And the next day was the worst day of my life. Uh, St. Ide's Special Brew, uh, Mike's Heart Lemonade, you know, <laughs> pina coladas, fill in the blank, sex on the beach, any of these mixed drinks down in, down in Mexico. Um, those tend to kick your ass a bit worse the next day. And that's because of the insulin response. We've talked a lot about glycemic index and insulin on here, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna layer that into this podcast ad, but I will tell you, it makes a huge difference. Nick and Brian aren't just passionate about great tequila. They genuinely care about what they put into their bodies just like so many of us, and believe there is a way to balance life with alcohol. So next time you're out on the town or looking for a tequila to share with friends, don't choose one of the many low-quality, high-additive spirits out there. Instead, drink clean, drink naked, and choose Desnuda Organic Tequila for your health and wellness journey. Order Desnuda at www.desnudatequila.com and use code KKP for 15% off your first purchase. That is D-E-S-N-U-D-A. T-E-Q-U-I-L-A dot com. Code KKP at checkout for 15% off. And as we mentioned earlier, this show is brought to you by Organifi. All till the end of the year, running the special deal. Leave a five-star rating. One or two ways the show's helped you. And you will be entered automatically into a chance to win my favorite products from Organifi. I do love them. They have they have several new awesome uh, products that are coming out. So I, I, I want to just stick with the, the, the tried and true for um, really what are my favorites? Because if I'm absolutely honest, my favorites are the red, the green, and the gold. Now, I've, I've, I've deep dived each of these individually, but I do like gl- glossing over each of them a little bit because of the fact that each of these has ingredients in it that are felt. Each of these has ingredients in it that can shift your body from adaptogenic herbs typically used in Ayurvedic and, and Chinese medicine all the way to mushrooms, mushrooms that actually matter, medicinal mushrooms. And what's great is there's some combination of all these different superfoods, and it's done in a way that tastes fantastic. The green tastes fantastic. I remember juicing back in the day. Uh, after fat, sick, and nearly dead, we got a Breville juicer, and then we got an, uh, one of the Omega juicers. And you know, it, it is chopping, shopping, cleaning, and all that jazz. It was worth it initially until I realized how many carbohydrates I was getting in my body. I was like, damn, I'm drinking carbohydrates again. I'm not losing weight when I'm doing this. And if I did a juice fast, I'd actually get skinny fat. I'd peel off muscle, and I'd put on a little pudge because I was just drinking sugar all day long. And, and it would be running out just as loose as it went in. So... um Anywho, I think there's some benefit to juice fast, but I've kind of off that train. I do know that there is a benefit to drinking um, some harder to break down vegetables, in particular, some of these superfoods that I'm just not going to eat. I'm not going to work that into the crock pot. I'm not uh, adding moringa or um, ashwagandha to smoothies. You know, they have a bitter taste. And the fact is, if you can combine these things, which they have, 
in a way that tastes phenomenal and has less than three grams of sugar per serving, that's a massive win. It's a massive win for me. It's a massive win for my kids. It's an excellent way. I mean, they'll eat broccolini and things like that and some sauerkraut and pickles. They do fairly good, especially with the fermented foods. Um, but getting them to eat a bunch of greens just ain't going to happen. More importantly, there not a lot of greens actually have really real nutritional value. The superfoods do, but uh, lettuce, not so much. And spinach, kale, all those things are super high in oxalates and other things I don't want in their body. So really, when I look at this stuff, um, what is the most convenient, easy to way to take hold of your health and your wellness to make sure you're rounding out everything from a balanced point of view, eating organ meat, getting enough good fat, getting enough good protein from animal sources, and rounding that out with plants that actually matter, that actually do shift your body and can help regulate your central nervous system like ashwagandha does, or help upregulate mitochondria activity like um, cordyceps sinensis does in the red. All of this is available to you. They, they sell these in three packs. Uh, the combo pack is the green, the red, and the gold. The gold has a massive dose of lemon balm in it, along with another, a number of other ingredients that help you to unwind and relax when it's time to turn off the screen, open a book, and chill out before bed. All this stuff is available to you at Organifi.com. These guys are absolutely phenomenal. It's Organifi.com slash KKP. That'll pull up a little homey home page with yours truly on it. And then just remember to use KKP at checkout and you get 20% off everything in the store. Once again, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP. And then don't forget KKP at checkout for 20% off absolutely everything. And uh, don't forget to leave that five-star rating. You're going to get bonused for it. Thank you guys. We're also brought to you today by another super longtime sponsor of the show, sponsor of many of my friends like and mentors like Paul Check. Bioptimizers. Bioptimizers are the kings and queens of digestion, plain and simple. They've got the best enzymes, masszymes. They've got uh, the best hydrochloric acid. They do so much to help you break down and absorb more of your nutrients. And let's face it, if we are taking in things that are less healthy for us, that has the ability to slow down and bog the system. You do not want your intestines being a bottleneck for your recovery. You want that to be amplified and running full steam ahead. That way you get the most protein out of the food you eat. There is, that's, a, that's kind of a thing, actually. You can find that out in blood work. If I'm eating 200 to 300 grams of protein a day at my body weight, I should have a decently high amino acid profile in my blood. And if I don't see that, if I see serum protein is low, that means I'm not actually breaking it down far enough to absorb it. It means I'm shitting it out, just to put it plainly. When I start taking enzymes like masszymes and Capex, which we're going to talk about here, that has the ability to help me gain more from what I eat by breaking it down into smaller and smaller chunks that actually then become usable and make it to the bloodstream for my body to take in for recovery. This is super important. It's um, something bodybuilders have known for years, but it's never been more important, and especially when we start talking about um, some of the, the more hardcore diets like carnivore, paleo, keto, even vegan. Uh, all three of these, sorry, I found that there are three things that really help optimize your results no matter what diet you're on. First, Enhance your digestion and elimination. Second, boost your cellular energy. And third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. Now, you can do all that without extra nutrients or nutritional supplements, of course. But in my expertise, the right supplements certainly can help. And one of the best diet aids I have ever found comes with my friends at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. Capex does three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people are eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days, kudos, 
This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscle and liver. These become mobile, and they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel for your motor and more horsepower for your motor. This is prime. This is super important. A lot of people take acetylocarnitine, things like that, that's in this product. That mobilizes fat, gets it into the system where your body can actually use it. You want these things all taken together. And if you take three to five capsules of Capex in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there is no nervous system stimulation whatsoever. It really is an incredible pre-workout without the caffeine. I've been off caffeine for two weeks now. We're doing a one-month break. I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to get back on it afterwards because it is fantastic. I've, I've been enjoying some different uh, coffee alternatives, but this really has helped. I take five capsules of Capex in the morning. It helps me take a phenomenal morning dump, which coffee used to do, and um, it leaves me with lasting energy. And that's a phenomenal thing to have, especially if you're going low caffeine. And again, no matter what diet you're on, Capex can help you with enhanced fat loss, assuming you're in a caloric deficit, of course. I won't make up it won't make up for a bad diet or eating lots of excess calories, but the research behind it shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to www.kenergize.com slash kingsboo, you'll automatically get 10% off every package of Capex. That's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E dot com forward slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U, all one word. And then don't forget coupon code KINGSBOO10, that's KINGSBOO, and the number one zero at the end for 10% off. Last but not least, another very long time show sponsor, Lucy. Lucy was invented, Lucy.co was invented by Caltech scientists who wanted a better way to use nicotine. And truthfully, this has become one of the best products that I've been able to inform people about because of the fact that it is a great barrier to entry. It'll, it is a usable product that allows people to get into the game of using nicotine without any of the added shitty chemicals you'd find in other forms of tobacco. Um, we've known this for a long time, and tobacco has gotten a huge bad rap because of the bastardization of this plant by industry, just for the sake of the game. Unregulated industry, uh, lobbying, being allowed to pay off the right people so you can put whatever you want in a product, no one in our government looking out for our health and wellness, and then all of a sudden they act like they give a shit in the last two years. All right, that's a tangent. Uh, but let me circle back here. Nicotine is the greatest nootropic known to man. It has longstanding been one of the greatest nootropics known to man. I talked about this with Dr. Scott and with Dr. Ted. Uh, nicotine has a phenomenal ability to attach itself to acetylcholine receptors. This helps us feel more awake. There's a dopamine response, and it allows us to focus very clearly for a short window. Now, this short window is awesome. 45 minutes to an hour is absolutely perfect if we need to grind on one particular subject, if we've got something to learn, if we have a presentation to make or a podcast. And most certainly, what I love about it too is it allows me to unwind at night while still giving me the cognitive function to read a whole bunch right before I go to bed and then crash right when it wears off. Um, the government is banning vapes. Government's reducing the amount of nicotine in cigarettes. There's never been a better time to give Lucy a try. There's great flavors, multiple strengths, and it's the only nicotine pouch with a capsule inside it that keeps it fresh. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way 
to consume their nicotine. I love these guys. Like I've said, it's been a long time sponsor. I've got to try everything that they have. The pouches are my favorite, but I've got a lot of people that swear by the gum, swear by the lozenges. Try it out for yourself. They've got multiple strengths now. I think it all used to be four migs back in the day. If four migs felt a little strong and you got a little woozy, take two. No problem. Take two. Just reduce it. I have no problem reducing it. If four seems a little light in the loafers, double up. No problem there. I mean, nicotine has a very wide range. If you think about what's in a cigar or something like that, again, that's not healthy. But if you think about these things, there's far higher nicotine levels in different things. Um, So play with that dosage till you find what's right for you and what the desired outcome is, right? If I'm using hape, which is a tobacco snuff from the Amazon, that is a totally different outcome, right? (laughs) It could make me puke. It's a completely different use for that medicine. But when I'm talking about optimization, nootropics, getting my body tuned in so I can really focus and learn or focus and teach, nothing is better than nicotine. Check it out, lucy.co. And use that promo code KKP at checkout. You're going to get 20% off everything in the store. L-U-C-Y dot C-O. And remember, KKP at checkout. And that is a wrap for today on Sponsors. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to that. I appreciate it. And um, I do, Dr. Scott. <laughs> we, had, we just had Dr. Ted on. We got Dr. Scott on. We got the doctors in the house. Indeed. Um, I wanted to tell this story on the last podcast, but it didn't make it on there. Now, for, for audio, it's not going to fucking matter. But for video, <laughs> it's going to matter because people can see from across the screen that my teeth have never been bluer. Indeed. And uh, I found this out kind of the hard way uh, on Saturday. You know, I'm getting veneers done on October 3rd. If many people are wondering why is Kingsbury getting veneers, this is superficial or any of these other thoughts, like, trust me, I'm the last guy who wanted fucking veneers, but I have a great (laughs) dentist who does biological dentistry and for long-term health and wellness and the ability to sleep on my back, which I can now for the first time, I can sleep on my back. I have less neck pain, lots of shit, um, lots of benefits there. We'll break all that down on the podcast with him. We decided to go the veneer route. And um, the composites they give me as loners while they're making the veneers, though, they are highly stainable teeth. Now, I was high as shit coming out of this <laughs> ceremony where they shave my teeth in Nosferatu and, nitrous, and take all the measures, right? Yeah. Right and so I forgot them telling me that, like, hey, your teeth are really stainable. And um, going on this caffeine fast for 30 days, I threw in one of the Just Blues. Phenomenal product. One of my favorites. I'm like, this will give me undoubtedly the amazing energy that I need. It's a nootropic. It's going to give me cardio. It's going to help with everything. Right. Why wasn't I thinking of this earlier? I should have been running this the second I got off caffeine. So I throw it in. It dissolves completely. I'm looking at my tongue. I'm seeing my tongue start to come back to normal. My teeth aren't. And I was like, oh, I think I remember them saying yeah, no veneers. that my teeth are, <laughs> <laughs> these aren't for the veneers yet. These are highly stainable. Porcelain not. This will fucking stain. And I was like, Oh God, I look at my phone. I'm like, October 3rd. Just a couple of weeks of blue. Three Let's weeks. Yeah. Three weeks yeah. straight. Three weeks. Is what I was looking at. Yeah, and then yeah. I was like, I fucking, I, my, my family loves it. That was at least the best was you know, <laughs> the amount of shit I've taken from my wife and my kids, my little girl especially. She's like, daddy got a blue mouth. Daddy smile. <laughs> daddy stick your tongue out. So do your kids want to also have a blue mouth when you have a blue mouth? Sometimes my kids do too. I don't know. You know, they, we do black, she does yeah. more than him. You know, yeah. he's always curious because yeah. he knows like dad has snooze and that's an adult thing. You know, sure, like you, sure. you will have, you will, you will work with organic tobacco later. Um, 
but not now, you know, yeah. it's, there's, he knows, he knows there's timelines and trajectories for certain things. So that is definitely a conversation. Um, yeah. Frozen blueberries works in case you want to try it with them one day. <laughs> it's like, dad, I have a blue mouth. Look, or it's kind of purplish, but you know, it gets, you get the, the yeah. idea. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have four kids. Four. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. Congratulations. It, being health optimized. I, I, I blame Dr. Ted over here. So <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you yeah. guys, you guys are, well, you're co-creating a lot of good stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have four kids. I have a almost 11, almost 12 year old. I have a 10 year old. I have a seven year old and I have a five year old. So three girls and the youngest is a boy. So it's uh it's a party at my house. That's for sure. That's why we need to move out of California and come to Colorado because I needed more space. Yeah. I get and that. Now I have my own basement. I have my hyperbaric chamber down there. I have my sauna, you know, I have everything that I need. And Damn, have, you got the yeah. optimized setup for sure. Well, I'm working on it. Always working on it. But I still need a cold plunge because that's what all the cool people have these days. But that, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Well, yeah, we, uh, I, I optimized the shit out of our first house, which is the one we're moving from that I was telling you guys about in Southeast Austin. Yeah. And you can't walk in the fucking garage. Like I, I overdid <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, too much. You know? I really yeah. overdid it. And we've got overhead racks for like all of our storage stuff, you know, nice. and there's little J hooks underneath. So we've got bikes hanging and uh, stand-up paddle boards, the inflatable type. We definitely couldn't have had the the, the full mount, sure, you know. Sure, sure. But with a sauna in there, six-person sauna, the barrel sauna, um, nice. the ice bath, the squat rack, the GHD, the you name it. It's just like you really couldn't work out unless you take half the garage out to work <laughs> out, you know. So so I, I definitely messed that up. It's going to be nice being on the land here and having uh, a lot more open space to kind of set things out. You know, right outside this window, we've got an outdoor gym. So uh -huh. half of my garage is going to go right there. Yeah. Cardio it's, equipment, yeah. that kind of stuff. It's nice to be able to have these things at your home. I mean, we're obviously blessed to have these kinds of technologies and the practices and things because then you can figure out how you integrate them all together within you know, the lifestyle that you're creating for yourself and for your family and then bring your kids into the sauna. Like I bring my kids into the sauna sometimes or bring them into the chamber or whatever it might be. So I find it as a really nice way. But what I also find is that a lot of people don't have a really good sense of how to integrate these things together. And how you you know get into your sauna, then you you know do your racks or whatever it might be. How do you do this all together? So you know one of the things that I focus on a lot with people is like how you integrate all these technologies together, and that's really where I find a lot of there's a lot of lacking information. Everybody's get like the fancy new toy or the fancy new tub or whatever it might be, but like how do you use this and how often do you use it? And so like I'll find people like tell me that they've done things like ridiculously. The, the amount there's just ridiculous. And other times it's like, they're not using it at all. I'm like you just spend $5,000 on this, you know, it's like, it's funny. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like the treadmill that never gets used. You got a new, new uh, clothes hanger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to, I want to dive into this. This is a fascinating yeah. conversation. I know that my audience for sure will resonate with this because people, I, people hit me up all the time. Like what's the best cold punch or how do I make one for the cheat? You know, and that's something that, that me and Luke story and a number of other people yeah, that y'all yeah. are well uh, familiar with have, have Luke actually did the best. He put out a blog that like really went over, like, how do you do this custom for yourself? Sure. And then now we're both on, you know, different professionally made ones, but right. And yeah, back um, in the day, that's what everybody did. They got like an ice yeah, box. We want to help people out. Right. Depot, I get right? that. Yeah. And I think that, that people, you know, can get on the hot track of something or like, all right, it's January. I'm going to fucking invest in myself. And that's a good thing too. Yeah. But how they really manage that matters. But first, first, uh, this is your first time on the podcast. Indeed. And I do want to get a, a sort of an origin story, if you will, from sure. a comic book sense of how you be, got into who made you. Like sure, yeah. how, how you got to be where you were at today and, and working with Dr. Ted and, and creating such amazing stuff in the world. Sure. Yeah, that's always a good place to start. Um, so I, I grew up the son of a chiropractor. So uh, my father is a chiropractor still in New York. And I've been within that frame of alternative medicine, 
the OG functional medicine ideas since I was a kid. And so I, I learned his practice. I grew up in his practice. I was at his office. I worked his front desk. I collected money. I was really good at that. And then <laughs> I went to college. I went to UCLA and then I went to medical school in Baltimore. I decided to go to medical school thinking that I could be this high-minded guy who could like figure out how to bridge this ma- major chasm between alternative medicine at the time and conventional medicine. And I always knew that I was going to try to get out of medical school and residency as fast as I could and just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. In medical school, I was uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that you get, uh, you get experience with, you get experience with trauma, you know, with surgery, with everything else. And I got like tantalized by the idea that you could like make $700,000 coming out of school as a dermatologist or as a radiologist. But I always came back to the, like the underlying foundational principles for me, which was like, I always knew that I wanted to bridge that chasm somehow and also work on the health side of things. And so I, I found out about hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which, which is what I specialized in when I was in medical school. And then out of residency, when I finished my internal medicine residency, residency, I moved over to California with my wife and I became a medical director of a hyperbaric facility. And I met a really nice guy out there who had a practice where he was consulting with people. He's like a Dr. House kind of guy. Like he was, he's actually brilliant. He surfs all the time. He goes to Alaska and surfs. And like, he's like, yeah, I just have this phone. People call me and I just give them advice about, you know, medical stuff and I help them find out what's going on. I'm like maybe I could do that for hyperbaric therapy. And so I, I created an online virtual practice where I work with people all over the world and all over clinics all over the world as well and how to optimize their hyperbaric protocols and integrate this with other technologies and other practices. And that's why I have real interest in how people at home can use these various technologies, integrating them together, especially with hyperbaric therapy. But about four or five years ago, I realized that I didn't have like a real base for my practice because I was giving people a lot of advice about hyperbaric therapy, but I wasn't really able to give them more of a foundational approach because you know, what I realized, it's, it's a very simple thing, is that you know, if you're giving the body more oxygen, which is what happens in a chamber, you have to be able to make energy effectively and you have to be able to detox from making energy effectively. If you don't do those things well, you're not going to do well in a hyperbaric chamber. And so I found out very early when I was treating very sick people with like Lyme, chronic infections, autoimmunity, like a lot of really sick people that they would do very poorly in the chamber. And I realized that if you give them some additional support initially, or even after you get out of the chamber, maybe some detox capacity, maybe the sauna, maybe other types of technologies, binders, et cetera, from a supplement perspective, that you could really help them in a much more holistic way. And then I met uh, Dr. Ted Achacoso in 2017, and he had created this foundational practice called Health Optimization Medicine and Practice. And because of his perspective, which was more of a health-focused perspective, the ideas really resonated to me because that's how I grew up. I grew up that you give the body what it needs, it's going to heal itself. And that's what a chiropractor does. You do adjustments. My dad wasn't just the type of like crack them and out the door kind of chiropractor. He was changing their diet and he was getting them exercising. He was doing, uh, doing lots of sort of body work outside of just a chiropractic. And so for me, the foundation of using biochemistry, optimizing vitamins, minerals, nutrients, hormones, neurotransmitters, it all made a lot of sense to me as a way of giving a foundation to my clients. And so I signed up you know, very early on in 2017 to be part of the organization, the nonprofit organization that we were running and starting. And then we created a seven-module certification course that helps optimize uh, this foundational cellular biology that we all have and all we, we all need to. And it doesn't take the place of 
functional medicine doesn't take, take the place of all allopathic or conventional medicine. It's like, for me, it's like the bottom of the pyramid, right? It's like before you start treating any disease or even looking for the root cause of something, what you really want to do is forget all that for a little while and then focus on that foundation. Because if your cells aren't working well, if you know, mitochondria are not working well, if your hormones are all messed up, um, if your gut's all fucked up, then you know, you, that's going to be a problem no matter what else you're going to do. I mean, we know even certain medications don't work well unless you have certain types of microbiota, certain types of bacteria in your gut to, to activate them. You know, we also know that our gut is one of our, it, it is our largest immune system. So if we don't focus on these things, then, you know, we're missing the boat if we're just looking for root causes or looking for obviously just, you know, treating condition with medication if there's time, you know. But I also like the idea that you, you have the, all the best of all worlds. Like if you need to get something done, like go to the hospital, get it done. You know, if you need, if you have a stroke, go to the hospital. Like we have great medications for that. But like, outside of that, outside of the acute care things, like preventative medicine is fucked. It's just not helpful for most people. It's it doesn't really exist. You yeah. know, and that's that you alluded to it, right? Like I, I as much as I shit on Western medicine, like I, I have a functioning shoulder from a slap tear surgery that I did exactly. back in 2012 that fucking saved my shoulder, right? Like I was literally punching. I would throw a punch in practice thinking I was going to somehow heal this. <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. and when my arm slid out like Dalsim and Street Fighter 2, I was like, yeah, oh, I probably need to get this surgery if I ever want to punch again. If I didn't and I just wanted to hang out and, and work on a computer all day long, Cool, but no, I, I, I'm not going to punch somebody on the street, I don't think. But I like punching a bag. I like sparring on occasion. Those you are, are in Texas. That I enjoy. You never know what you need to be you able to do. You never man. fucking know. Yeah. Texas, y'all. <laughs> never know, right? But um, that's, that's a, a beautiful thing, this acute care. It's right. the best of the best. Let's yeah. Give it the credit that it's due, yeah. right? And at the same time, is it preventing anything? Fuck no. No, no, we are landsliding in the wrong direction on preventative care. Yeah, yeah. Trauma the, centers are the most common example. Like they are fucking phenomenal. I, I grew up, like my my whole medical school training was at a place called Shock Trauma right next door. And they did all the shock and trauma in, in Baltimore where I trained. And Baltimore is known for its shock yeah, and trauma. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Peter Atia was there as well. He probably did a rotation there. A lot of yeah. people come in from other locations around the world, actually the army, the Navy, and the, the Marines, they all train at that facility because to get the trauma that you, I mean, I've seen, I saw crazy shit where people would come in with stab wounds. They were like bleeding out. They'd open up the chest right there in the emergency room and like patch the heart and shit. Like, well, it's beating blood. I mean, like crazy stuff, like, but that person survived. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the, the possibility of somebody like that surviving is extremely low, but that person survived. I mean, so what we can do in trauma, what we can do in acute care is amazing but we're really, really screwed when it comes to preventative medicine. And, you know, functional medicine is like the biggest other category now. And I think that's a significant improvement on just the preventative measures that we use in conventional care. Like obviously get your colonoscopy, you know, get other screening tests that are necessary for your age. I think all that's important. And in the health optimization medicine framework that we use, like we always talk, about that as well. Like this doesn't take the place of going to your conventional doctor, doing the regular preventative screening, et cetera. And then I work with functional medicine doctors all the time. If I feel like the foundational pieces are in place and now that they need to really look at, you know, maybe it's a, a chronic infection, for example, or something that's autoimmune specific or whatever it might be. And this has happened a lot more, especially within the worlds of like the post COVID world and things like that, where, you know, there is significant need for that foundational piece. But I've also found that a lot of people have chronic infections that get reignited. They have chronic mold exposure that they also have now that was, it wasn't an issue before, but then it's they had- massive you know. in Texas. It was something that growing up in California, yeah. never thought of as a big deal, but the humidity here, a pipe burst because of the cold winter, which yeah. happens once in 30 years. Then all of a sudden you got black mold that's undetected for three years, but mm. you're breathing that in. 
yeah. for three years straight. I've, I've had a lot of friends that got whacked hard, you know, from the snowpocalypse, just from that exact yeah, story Yeah, you guys didn't have power right? for a number of days, right? Yeah. It was like freezing, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. the mold issue, big yeah. one, right? Yeah, so mold is just one of those other kind of superimposed kinds of things on top of likely a cellular function capacity that's screwed up already, right? So it's all about the threshold. You know, this is something my father says. It's like you know, everybody gets to the, these threshold events where that all of a sudden things just kind of go downhill from there. You know, it could be like an injury that's not even related to the symptoms that you have. Like I've had people with shoulder injuries, for example, and then the brains don't work, for example. Like, mm. Because the body gets into this inflammatory state and it, it creates this, what's called the cell danger response. And then the whole body starts to deregulate or dysregulate after that. And that includes, you know, it could be, you know, your blood-brain barrier where it starts becoming more permeable. And as a result, more stuff that's not supposed to get in there gets in there, like infections, for example. But the key always is to look at the foundational stuff first. And then when you look at the foundational stuff and that's being optimized, then you take it to the next step, which is, you know, we call, uh, you know, it's called the, so Dr. Ted has this term that I like, it's called the holobiont. It's not his term, but it's a term that was describing like our ecosystem. So like we have, we're made of cells, right? We're made of not just human cells. We have bacteria, fungus, and virus. And then we have all the things outside in our environment. We have our exposures to sunlight, water, you know, magnetism. We have our exposures to chemicals, et cetera. And then that, that all kind of comes down and we can measure all of the metabolites or all, all the, the factors that get released, all the byproducts of those things in our body. And we can measure all of those things, right? So that's the idea is like this, it's called the, it's, he has the big word is saluneotenoholobiontology. It's basically the idea of, of trying to make your, your body and your cells optimized by looking at them as a younger version of you. So not just mm. optimizing you for the age that you are, but the age that you want to be, which is when you're fully optimized between 20 and 30 years of age. Like, I don't want my hormones to be somebody that's 45 years old. I want you're my hormones- You're not a healthy 50-year-old. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Healthy 50-year-old. <laughs> why, why, why do you want to be a normal 50-year-old? And you got to realize, actually, people don't know this, but like a lot of the ranges that you get when you get your laboratory analysis, like whether it be from- obviously conventional labs, but also in laboratory analysis from a lot of these functional labs out there, they're giving you a range of normal between 18 to 65 and sometimes even longer than that. Like sometimes it's 10 to 90. And so like, why do you want to have a normal range within that range? You want to have a normal range within a range that's smaller, that's within the, the context of the range that you'd want to be optimal, right? So that means a range for us between you know 18 and 30 years of age. So, yeah. Yeah. so th that's where we start. And then you, you continue with the optimization side of things, and then you add on everything that you need. And so for me, that's the hyperbaric oxygen therapy piece. And so that's the main therapy that I use, but I often say it's the smokescreen for optimizing people's health, right? Because they come to see me, they say, hey, doctor Scott, I have migraines, or I have chronic fatigue, or chronic Lyme infection, whatever you want to say, or I'm an elite athlete and I just want to perform better and recover better. And I see everybody in between. And, but the first step always, unless it's an acute issue, because if it's an acute issue, getting into the chamber is going to make you heal faster. I mean, if you have acute inflammation, acute trauma, you know, you've had acute surgery, whether it's a knee, hip, Cheryl Owens in the Super Bowl, I think in 2000, right? Really put it on the map because he yeah. was sleeping in one every single night. He had the high ankle sprain in the NFC yeah. championship. And this is what got him on the field for the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a lot of stories like that on the high end athlete side. And I work with a lot of athletes that have got back on the field within about 50% less time um, than, than, than they anticipated, meaning that they got back 50% uh, for, closer to when they had their injury, as opposed to what the doctor said that it would be potentially. So, and it's a fantastic healing modality, right? So you put people into the chambers, you hyperoxygenate them and acutely, like it decreases inflammation, decreases swelling. It's gonna help the whole body heal faster, revs up the whole system uh, for wound healing, releases stem cells, et cetera. So it's got all these major 
you know, major stimuli to increase healing and optimize healing. But over the long term, if you have like a chronic issue, if you have, or you just want to live forever or live longer, <laughs> and, but and not like, and not be decrepit, right? So that's the the other thing, right? You don't want to just live forever. You also want to have eternal youth. That's something that we also say. And uh, the the chambers are great at optimizing your physiology, but only if you have the the mechanisms in place. You have the machinery, the scaffolding in place to be able to do that. And then what it can do is it can decrease inflammatory markers. It can help with new blood vessel formation. It gets stem cells released and you get all these new cells uh, developing all the areas that you've had degeneration and, and inflammation. You have uh, you have also the anti-infective capacity of being in a hyperbaric chamber because it gives you more oxygen and a lot of bugs, especially bugs in your mouth and your gut and other places do not like high oxygen environments. Uh, Lyme is another bug and staph and a couple others like that do not like high oxygen environments. And it also increases flow because we think it increases something called easy water. I'm not sure if you're familiar, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a, com- a concept that came out of the University of Washington. Pollock? Yeah, Gerald okay. Pollock, and he talks about easy water. And it's basically polarized water around what are called lipophilic membranes. And it's like a fat a loving membrane. And one of those is your blood vessels. You know, the idea is that if the heart, this is another concept by another like anthroposcopic guy. His name is um, Tom Cowan. Tom right? Cowan's been on the yeah. podcast. Oh, Cowan's yeah, great. Human yeah. heart, cosmic heart. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I met Tom early when I moved to San Francisco. And he had just these amazing ideas of like the heart not being an actual pump, but being more of a like a highway kind of deal. And, he, and he's right. If like the heart were to pump as hard as it needed to pump to pump through all of your blood vessels, you know, miles and miles of blood vessels, it'd have to pump extremely hard, like much harder than it does now. It would just burst out of your chest. So the idea is there's those local factors around these blood vessels around your body that are helping you create the flow. And this is what we think is happening with what's called easy water. And so hyperbaric therapy, both the oxygen and the pressure together, both seem to create more easy water as well. And so as a result of that, you get more flow within your, your blood vessels, whether they be your, your blood vessels or your lymphatics as well. So you're increasing flow in and you're increasing flow out as well. Yeah. So the idea then is that you're creating this whole shift in your metabolism, your shift in your biology so that you're creating a healing process, a healing, a healing vessel. But you need to have that basic stuff done because you can't make energy well, like I said, if you, if you don't have the right vitamins, minerals, and nutrients for your mitochondria to work well. If your mitochondria are screwed up, like you're, you're not making energy well, then you have to think about how you can make those mitochondria work better. And that's where I start integrating some of the products as well that we have, like you mentioned, Just Blue in the beginning. Uh, Methylene Blue specifically is a fantastic mitochondrial optimizer. In fact, it bypasses the first two complexes in your mitochondria. And so if those are screwed up, metformin does that too, actually. It screws up your first complex, but somehow we think that's a hormetic kind of stress. And so that helps people, especially with diabetes and, and other people that have insulin resistance. But um, so for me, it's always like, let's look at that foundational stuff first. And then how can we optimize so that you can make energy well? And so one of the ways I do that is using methylene blue, for example, in this context where I give people methylene blue ahead of time so they can make energy more effectively. Or if I help, or if we need to help them sort of on a detox side of things, we can also help give it afterwards because methylene blue has this amazing ability to actually increase your antioxidant reserve at the same time. So like big, big picture for me, it's like not about just getting into a hyperbaric chamber. It's about what are you doing before, during, and after to kind of optimize that, op- optimize that using the health optimization medicine framework to start off with. And then as people are going through their, their protocols or whatever, well, then you add in other technologies, other practices. So you have your cold, you have your sauna, you have your, you know, PEMP devices, you have your methylene blue. And then I just create these protocols for people and for clinics all around the world. So that is fantastic. <laughs> well, you did touch you did, touched a bit on um, a lot of the benefits around hyperbaric oxygen. I, I you know having 
I was, I think, in college football when they played. It might have been 2001. It wasn't 2000, but whenever they played in the Super Bowl and he healed from that, um, that kind of put it on my radar. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, being a college athlete, but also sitting the bench at ASU, there was no re- rhyme or reason for me ever getting in one of the tanks. Sure. And then uh, when I got into fighting, I remembered uh, a couple guys saying like, hey, get in the tank if you get hurt. Yeah. Uh, it might've been Daniel Cormier actually. And he told me about Bay Area Hyperbaric or something like that. I can't remember the name of the place. Yeah, but in San Jose. Yeah. yeah, prescription necessary. Yeah. Get in there and it's, you know, the full big ass tank, you know, not the little sleeve. Yeah. And, and that was full on. Like it felt night and day different. There was almost a high being in it yeah, where I was just oxygen. like, wow, yeah. this is working. And, um, and I, could, I felt like I could heal you know, at the time in MMA, we chronically overtrained sure. all the fucking time. You know, we even had like Dana White, I remember calling AKA out specifically the gym that I was at, saying, like, you guys don't know when to quit. You always get hurt before a fight. You're overtraining. You're Is that in San Jose, that place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was one of, talked to those still guys one of the best times. gyms yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah. I trained there with Cain Velasquez, Daniel Corbett, many, many guys that went on to become champion. Yeah. And, um, but hyperbaric oxygen, you know, my first take with it, you know, mid camp. Already depleted, already burning the candles at both ends, overtraining, right. uh, likely under eating because sure. I had to make weight, uh, not sleeping great because of the overtraining and mm-hmm. also because of the worry of on this date, so and so's going to potentially beat my ass, you mm-hmm. know, like sure. all those factors in. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was, yeah, a breath of fresh air is a kind of a funny pun, but it really was because it was like, oh, I can breathe in here. And you know, from the, from the global picture of what my training camp looked like, I now have a tool in the arsenal that will allow me to train like an asshole and get away with it. Mm. You know, like I can show up to practice the next day, fully ready to go and having healed from all the ticky tech shit. You know, you talk about acute injury, anything that's not acute, like a bruise, it would be an acute bruise, but you know, how many times I get kicked in the leg from Kane, that matters if I'm sparring three days a week. Sure. It's going to add up over yeah. time, right? Yeah. And so like that, that ability was the first time where I really experienced something that was a night and day difference in my approach to a sport that really takes the most out of, out of all sports. That one probably taxes you the most mentally and physically. Yeah. And um, yeah. that was incredible, you yeah. know, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, it's important that, uh, people realize that it, I mean that the chambers are fantastic healing modalities, and they can really get you recovered about fifty percent faster in general if you're using it appropriately. But the challenge of when you're overtrained is that you're also over oxidized, and so that your body is under a sort of an inflammatory load. So you got to be careful also because if you're highly if you're not recovering, the chamber can help you. But if you go too deep in the chamber, I've also had the opposite happen mm. where people can't go to their practice the next day that they can't play in their tennis match, for example. So there's like a bit of a sweet spot. So you, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the bag chambers versus the, the medical grade chambers. And I'll, I'll just put a, one little point on that is that, you know, there are these uh, units you can get for your house. They go to 1.3 atmospheres. They're called mild units, basically. I have one at my house, for example. And these are less pressure, less oxygen. And I find for like day-to-day recovery kinds of things, unless you have a severe or significant injury, um, these chambers are good for most people. Cool. Um, because they help with neurocognitive optimization. They help your brain function better, that's for sure. And then also they do help with day-to-day muscle recovery, jet lag, you know, the, the basic things that all of us need these days. 
Um, and then the nice thing about the mild units is that you can bring things in there with you. So you can bring in, like I'll bring in my Theragun or I'll bring in like this cupping device that I have to put on my back. Or you can bring in your meditation devices or you can bring in your, you know, your breath work kinds of things too. And so there's a lot of other people that I've spoken to over the years that are now starting to utilize the chambers as like a, like a no extra time kind of thing where they bring yeah. they bring their work in there sometimes. Like I've done podcasts inside my chamber before, just just <laughs> just, awesome. just as like, you know, as a funny kind of thing to do. But um, but in general, that the nice thing about the mild units is that they can do the day-to-day kinds of things. Cool. Um, and then they don't tax the system too much because it's not too much oxygen, too pressure, too much pressure. But you go start you go start going down deeper now, like to the two atmosphere pressure, which is kind of where most of the research has been done in, in the field. And like that's a fantastic pressure for almost any kind of healing that you need. Um, the, the more pressure you give, the more stem cells that are released. So 2.0, 2.4, you know, stem cells are the cells that can go anywhere, make new uh, tissue that's required. And I call it like our scaffolding building builder being in the chamber. And like, that's what they've seen in, in studies, actually. Like you can rebuild vasculature of your blood vessels in your brain around your heart. And my favorite picture to show in lectures is a picture, an MRI, it's called a functional MRI. So it's an MRI that's looking at metabolic flow of the penis. Before oh, wow. and after. Yeah, because they did a study on looking at erections. So, you know, getting in a hyperbaric chamber is your natural Viagra kind of thing, but it doesn't just last three hours. It's like, you know, it lasts, right? So, um, so that's the nice thing about being in the chamber. It's a systemic optimization, blood flow kind of deal. So brain, heart. So VO2 max goes up for people and for athletes that use the chamber regularly, along with, uh, you know, blood flow into the genital region as well. So I've had people call me, they get into the mild units even, they go, uh, Dr. Scott, was I supposed to get an amazing erection in this chamber. <laughs> and I was like, bring your wife. And then, yeah, I was going to say, there, you're going to be couples getting into that mild chamber at the same time? Well, you know about the mile high club? I call it the mile deep club. The mile deep club. Yeah, the mile deep club. <laughs> like yeah. That. So again, the chambers are big enough for two people oftentimes. It depends on the type of chamber you get. Okay. Yeah, but- Those in, are, now the mild chambers yeah. are typically in the twenty dollars to $30,000 range. Is that right? A little bit lower than that. It's okay. somewhere of about ten dollars to $23,000. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, ice yeah. baths are getting there now. Yeah, right? I know. Well, depending on what kind of Mercedes uh-huh. ice bath you get. <laughs> yes, but, um, but yeah, so that's the price. And so my deal was, I've been around this stuff for a long time. And so I wanted to create a company that could work on helping people work the optimization side of things and also understand like how to actually use the chamber. Because what happens now, it's like, it's the wild west when it comes to those kinds of chambers out there. Everybody's getting them in their in their garages, even though they can't fit them like you. Um, <laughs> this needs to be inside this particular thing. But, um, but everybody gets them, but nobody really knows how to use them because the company's... Uh, they don't necessarily tell you what to do or that the chambers can be helpful for you. They're just trying to sell you chambers. There's a pretty good commission structure for most of these companies and the resellers and you know, all that shit yeah, yeah, comes yeah. down to it. So I end up talking to people that have been using the chamber inappropriately for months or even years at times. And so I have a company that's called OneBase and we're trying to, um, we're trying to help people know how to use these chambers more effectively cool. and then create some technology on the chambers to make them more smart, you know, smarter technology. So, uh, so that you can use it all from your phone and that you can, ma- you can monitor everything and then, we have some new additional tech that's going to be coming out that's going to help with the chambers working better because my deal always is like the chambers are great, but if you want to do everything that you really truly need to do to optimize over the long term, the chambers are only going to get you so far. Yeah. Like, and so that's why, you know, you have lights, you have sauna, you have, you know, pimp devices and things like that. Yeah. But, I yeah. imagine all the things that you're utilizing to optimize someone's hyperbaric 
uh, experience are things you would normally use to yes. optimize somebody's ability to utilize oxygen in the real world and just be a better person, right? It's exactly what it is. It's a smokescreen of that. But it all starts with the basic health optimization medicine framework for me, if they're, if they're willing to go through that process, because that's really where you're going to be able to see the most sustainable benefit. I mean, they did a study in Israel where they did uh, 60 hyperbaric sessions, six zero over three months. So Monday through Friday, two days off for three months. And they did a two atmospheres of pressure and they didn't change their diet. They didn't change their lifestyle. He said, do whatever the fuck you usually do. Just come in the chamber three, for three months. And in Israel, I guess you can get people to come for three months of, of their life. It's, <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of time. <laughs> Probably um, wasn't an ask. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing, right? In Israel, like, you just, you do it. Um, and so what they found is that because of that, just those 60 days or just three months of hyperbaric therapy, uh, telomere length went up significantly and their senescent cell populations went down dramatically. And so like these are markers of, of, of aging, right? These markers that telomere length goes down as we get older. Senescent cell populations, these are, these are called like zombie cells. These are cells that build up in our body as we get older. They don't function, they don't die, but they don't function and they cause inflammation. They're associated with cancer, neurodegeneration, death, et cetera. And so coming down on those types of, type, those types of cells is extremely important. This is one of the first technologies to ever show that you can actually decrease your senescent cell populations within this, we're using this technology. And so everybody's very excited about it. And I was like, well, this is, this is just like the, this is fucking low hanging fruit. If you think about it, like it didn't have to do anything. They just go in the hyperbaric chamber. Number one, how long do these, uh, these results last? You know, nobody knows. Number two, if you started optimizing them at that foundational level first or in, or in at the same time, for example, in parallel, like what could, what potential you could see there? Like, and that's what got me excited because I was like, well, this study's going to get a lot of press and it did. And then now people are coming to me and asking about getting into the chamber for their anti-aging. And I'm like, well, that's great. But how long is it going to last if you're still you know, drinking alcohol every day and going to McDonald's? McDonald's or not sleeping well or not optimizing your vitamins, minerals, and nutrients and making energy effectively. So, and then, then we have the conversation that like, I often say like 80 to 90% of my conversations with people has nothing to do with hyperbaric therapy at all. It has to do with all the things that we're talking about here, because if you're doing all that stuff, then the chambers are just, you know, you know, icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. So that's when, you know, we'll talk about, you know, optimizing from a health optimization perspective. We'll talk about things like methylene blue, for example, which kind of help optimize the system too. And that's how I approach it because I mean, everybody thinks that there's a, like a magic bullet when it comes to their health. And, you know, methylene blue might be close, you know. <laughs> it's damn close. It's close, but, <laughs> but no, but there really isn't one for everybody, yeah. right? And so that's why um, the conversation always has to be like, you know, walking it back. Um, you know, Dr. Ted likes to say that he doesn't like to meet people where they are. They meet him where he is. <laughs> mm. But I like to say that, you know, and on some level, like you have to meet people kind of where they are, they think they are, and then, you know, bring them to a level where, you know, where we want them to go, so. Yeah, I like that. Um, what would, and a question I had for Dr. Ted earlier, but didn't get to ask, but when you're looking at metabolomics, yeah. that's a test. Is it a urine test? I remember taking a, a, a urine test back in the day. It likely wasn't the same thing, sure. but, um, a comprehensive metabolic panel, I want to say it was, uh, so, so it looked at, at some of the metabolic markers in yeah. urine. Is it something similar to that? Obviously more comprehensive. Yeah, but- so um, so comprehensive metabolic panel, a CMP, is usually a blood test. You know, like a, that's a basic blood test or comprehensive. No, it wasn't that yeah. one then. I'm yeah. totally missing the, 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 no, the other one. No, it's, it's probably organic acid testing. Organic acid, yeah, that was yeah, what it was, yeah. oat test. So that, the yeah. oat test, yeah. So that's a big part of looking at metabolomic markers okay. is looking at um, the organic acids. And so we use a company called Genova Diagnostics, which is a company out of North Carolina. And they use those ranges that I was talking about before, which Very is cool. 18 to 30 instead of 18 to 65 or 
10 to 90 or whatever that you'll find in a lot of other labs. So that's our, our basic test. Like the, the basic is the organic acid test, but it's not looking at it in the context of disease. It's looking at it in the context of health. So we interpret it differently than you would interpret it if you went to your your functional medicine provider or, you know, I don't even think conventional doctors use the organic no, acid test, no. but we use that. We use, um, we use plasma amino acids. We use um, mineral levels. We look at toxins. We look at um, fatty acids, your omega-3, omega-6, omega-9, omega-7, those kinds of things as well. So we look at all those markers together. Um, and then we look at gut health as well. We look at, uh, like we look at uh, GI health, looking at um, the, the the microbiota specifically, and then also how well you're digesting your foods, how well um, you are producing certain types of uh, markers in your gut that are for health. Uh, they're, they're called short-chain fatty acids, for example, that are really important for your gut health. One of the biggest ones called butyrate, which you probably know as uh, you know, hydroxybutyrate, which is the one that, that increases when you fast, but also it's produced by the gut bacteria and actually works on what's called your epigenetics. It changes how your genes are expressed in a more healthy way, for example. And that's why butyrate is very important as a, a fuel source for your body as, as, a, as an epigenetic modifier, but also as a fuel source for your gut lining as well. And like there was a great article that was written a couple of years ago, years ago called uh, Super Poopers and like, you know, <laughs> like a play on Super Troopers. And uh, the people that are Super Poopers are the ones that have high butyrate content in their stool. Mm. And that also is a longevity marker for the reasons that we're mentioning before. So we usually use uh, metabolomics testing is called the NutriVal from Genova. That's what we typically use. And like that has the full array of metabolic markers, that's blood and urine. And then we look at... Um, Okay, your stool testing. So that's a three-day stool sample. Comprehensive stool analysis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you shit in a box. Is that the, yeah. I, I remember doing I, the last time I did this uh, at a functional medicine doctor in California that recommended the oat test. Yeah, and then uh, the stool one, which the stool one was more than just. You know, I think I think a lot of the probiotic companies would have you just like wipe your ass, then then roll it. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I know a couple know, of those. The, yeah, the Q-tip on it, right? Uh -huh. And then you put pass that off, and that's your stool analysis. This was like shit on a paper plate and spoon it into three yeah. different fucking jars. Yeah. Like, man, we're getting real scientific here. <laughs> like, like we're, we're digging in. Shit. Yeah, we're, we're digging in here. We're gonna find yeah. out some yeah. information. Um, that that did show a lot, but that was. 2014. So I'm super yeah. curious to do this again because yeah. it's been almost 10 years yeah, now. Yeah, we'd be happy to take you through it and see. I mean, the idea is to, to create a, a comprehensive analysis on the data points using the GI testing, the metabolomic testing from the uh, from the NutriVal. And then we also use food sensitivity testing as well. There's some controversy on food sensitivity testing. My wife is an allergist, especially. So she and I have uh, heated conversations about what this so means. The yeah. differing views yeah. would be like, if you, if you see something where you have potential food allergens, this is, uh, I'm trying to, and frame the argument, I'm, I'm guessing, Yeah. Um, from what I've heard amongst health professionals, is that you could potentially, if you have leaky gut or some other dysbiosis, yeah. you could potentially show an allergy to fucking everything. Yeah. Right, uh, because those yeah. food particles uh -huh. are making it through and you have effectively have- Do you want to get trained? Do we need to train you? You're already ready. But that is the question, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, is it is it- is it real for now? Sure, your body doesn't like egg; it's getting yeah. through. But yeah. is it real long term? Possibly not. Yeah, that's a Would good point. Would that be correct? Yeah, no, that's that's a great way to describe it. If I see somebody that comes in with like thirty different sensitivities on their panel, like that's leaky gut, leaky gut, leaky gut. That's what it is. And so the idea is that yeah, truly, it's a excuse me, it's a chicken before the egg scenario, is what I often say. It's like was the gut already inflamed? And leaky, and then these foods are just making it worse, or is it the foods themselves that are causing your gut to be inflamed and leaky? And as a result, the whole process is happening. So you don't know until you take out those particular foods or go on a diet that's more 
stricter in the sense of inflammatory types of things. And there's lots of different ones. There's FODMAPs, there's autoimmune paleo, and there's others, especially if you have a leaky gut. Um, but then you take out those foods and then you, and you also heal the gut using an array of things that we do in our, in our framework to help optimize gut function, you know, seal up the gut. There's lots of different ways to do that. You know, growth hormone does that really well, actually, if you take growth mm. hormone for 30 days or- What about IGF-1? Um, if you take the peptides, um, like you're talking about the peptides, or, well, IGF-1, LR3. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not sure about that one directly, Ed, um, but I, I know that if you take the the analogs, the peptides, like the growth hormone analogs, those will potentially help as I'm well. I'm getting a thumbs up from Dr. Yeah, Ted back there. There you so go. Yeah, there you go. That's good news. Phone a friend, the, uh, the brilliant friend. Yes, uh, and colleague. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that you, know, you want to seal up the gut and you want to optimize your, um, your, your diet at the same time. So you're taking out the foods that might be sensitive to. But the main controversy in the sort of the allergy world is like, what do you have an allergy to? And then what do you have a sensitivity to? And what yeah. do you have an intolerance to? Like they get like very like granular here. Yeah, and, and I have like, a gluten. Yeah. I have a gluten sensitivity. Yes, right? yeah. I don't shit my pants <laughs> when I have gluten. I don't right. have you know. You don't have throat or I can't disease, stop right. breathing. You know, right, it's right. like it's just a. Uh, yeah. I do swell from it, which is funny. Yeah, you get. I mean, it's um, interesting. A little bit have. of edema. You know, yeah. I can stick like a my like a quarter of my thumbnail all the way into my shin and it'll hold for like three minutes. Interesting. <laughs> like, Huh, all that from six beers. You know, like that's, just six. that's a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just six. Just six well, beers. Well, I mean, that's a that's a country it's a regular day in Texas eggs, here, right? You know, yeah. it's like it's like one one slippery slope. Pizza yeah. in New York. Yeah, when I was I in, can count on it. Yeah, when I was in Baltimore, like we did the crabs and everything like that. And so I, that's where I, where I trained and like the beer crabs, beer crabs, like it's like such salty crabs, right? You're opening up these crabs, you're drinking beer, like you know, six, seven beers later, you don't even know. But like as a kid, like you know, when you're young, you can compensate. Uh, even mm -hmm. if you have some gluten sensitivities, I didn't even know that I was gluten sensitive until like maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah, right? and I grew up on gluten. Yeah, of course. I mean, three squares. Yeah, there you go. And then the gluten was like the, the white bread with like really, really, I had like so much fucking gluten in it. It was basically a gluten bomb, right? <laughs> like, and, the, and like that's, that's it. kids are amazing. Like until you get to be around 25 or 30 years of age, like you can pretty much compensate. Although, you know, younger and younger people now we're seeing deteriorate because of just starting so so young with just, you know, the glyphosate in the food and just the the hormones in the food and just the toxicity. That's that, a different game. Yeah, yeah. Add in that, you know, yeah. there's so much, you guys know this inside and out, but like there, there continues to be a circling around with genetically modified. And like the, the thing is, we're all wolf said it best. We don't know what genetically modified food does to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no, it's not the devil. It's not, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not good. But what we know is they are purposely making it to withstand more glyphosate. Yeah. That's why it's well, engineered. They have to, right? It's not so, engineered yeah. For, yeah. for anything but profit. And, and with that, they're creating the seeds and they're also the same people that create the fucking chemicals that they're going to be asked to spray 50 times more of. Yeah, I know. I just think about how much, like they're trying to leach minerals, right? Like, from the soil with the glyphosate. So like, what is it doing in your body at the same time, you know? So we don't know, like you said, we don't know. And so, I mean, I think that we're seeing now is just, you know, kids and young adults that I would never have imagined. Like when we were younger, I'm around the same age as you, I think like they just wouldn't have been sick, right? Because they can have like, you know, the white bread, they can have all this shit, but like it wasn't, it just wasn't as toxic as it is now just yeah. because they've added so many additional things since we were younger. And so like we're seeing people that are much younger that are much less optimized than you'd imagine. But in general, like you can do pretty well until you're a certain age and then things start, you reach that threshold, whatever that threshold might be. It might be an injury. It might be an infection. You know, it might be a viral infection like COVID, for example, like in these young kids, like with post-COVID syndrome and things like, it's just amazing that and these are young kids that are having these, even younger, like, you know, 12, 13 years old. And it's like, it's, it's because their biologies are already fucked because of what they've been doing, you know, what they're, 
their, you know, what their parents have, you know, not been doing on purpose, of course, but like that's just, you know, the food supply and what we have. So anyway, but into the allergy side of things, you know, we're always looking at that spectrum here of the the true scent, the true allergy, which is the like the immediate symptoms. And then you have like the intolerance, which is, you know, you can have a certain amount of it, but you only can have a certain amount. And then the sensitivity, which is, you know, like something like gluten for you and for me, it's the same deal. So we look at all of that and then we look at all the, uh, the foods that you're eating, that your gut, we look at the metabolome itself and we, we create a health optimization plan for you using that, using those data markers, but also using the other aspects of the, the health, the certification course that we've developed. So looking at like the exposome, the toxins in your environment, your epigenetics, you know, how that all plays into your, your daily habits, your exercise, your, your sleep, et cetera. And then we have one specifically for sleep called chronobiology. So looking at circadian rhythms and looking at other, other rhythms, rhythms as well. And uh, then we're bringing that all together for you in a health optimization plan. And that, that's focused on the data, but then also focused on the diet, the lifestyle, <clears throat> the things that are also really important for your you know, sustainable health. But the, the key though, and I, and I think Dr. Ted mentioned this, is that like, that can take a while. It can take a while for somebody to feel better using that framework. And so it's a sustainable plan, it, it, but it takes a while. So I've had people that it's taken me a couple of years to fix their gut. But mm. like during that time, they start feeling better, sometimes a little bit worse even, because as you're cleaning things up, you can feel worse at times. And so- Yeah, parasites and candida do not go out without a bang. Yeah, oftentimes it's, there, there can be a, <coughs> a bang, definitely a fireworks kind of thing. And so like a lot of bloating can happen. And so that's why it's really important to have other things along the way to help them along the process. And that's why Transcriptions was developed, the, the, the for-profit company, to make products that could be things that you could use right now to optimize your brain, optimize your mitochondria, you know, and help you with anxiety for now um, or your anxiousness to be clear. And then other things like sleep and pain and other things going down the road. But we all need those things right now, but like we're always very careful and I'm always very careful to always say that like the things we're using, the products that we have are used within the context of optimizing your health. And so we'll sometimes get people that'll, so blue canatine is our nootropic. It's our limitless pill, as we say, and it launches you into focus, productivity, uh, memory, verbal fluidity for about three to five hours. But then, you know, it can really work well for people that are relatively well optimized um, or people that are that kind of on the cusp, but they're still doing okay. But people that are not doing well, do not do well with flucanitin because it'll give them a headache. They'll feel more of like, they'll feel jittery, even though that we created the, the in a way that it shouldn't make most people feel jittery because it has CBD in there too, along with nicotine, caffeine, and methylene blue. And so, but the people that do have a reaction to it, like that's diagnostic for me, you know, in yeah. the sense that if, and then, also, especially if you're taking it without all the stimulants, so it does have stimulants in there, has nicotine and caffeine. Then we have the Just Blue, which is the one I think you like that caused mm -hmm. your. That's veneer. because I use a little bit more nicotine and a little bit more CBD yeah, and exactly. a little bit more caffeine. So it's like, give me a little bit more methylene blue yeah, and I'll exactly. stack the rest on my own. That's perfect. I, yeah. would, I would love for you to deep dive or shallow dive each of those ingredients. Sure. Because I've, I've mentioned. You know, I think having Dr. Ted on twice now, we've we've just grazed the, the tip of the iceberg with methylene blue. Yeah. But if you're watching this and you see my blue fucking teeth <laughs> that I have for three weeks, um, clearly, you it's know, worth like, it, I don't man. know if I would it's have made worth it. it. Yeah, it's worth it. It is. It really is worth it. Yeah. You know, especially in the in in the ca absence of caffeine, it is absolutely worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to compete on a high level again in fighting. I have no delusions of grandeur yeah, like about a George making Foreman a comeback kind of thing, or any of that. Though. I don't want that. No, I don't want to get hit in the head again. But at the same time, 
Um, if I optimize my mitochondria, I'm optimizing my brain. Yeah. I'm optimizing my heart. I'm optimizing my recovery. And, Your muscle and, too. And yeah. these all work, yeah. you know, in separate pathways that that have, you know, they work like a beautiful symphony together. Yeah, the so, universal common denominator is your mitochondria, right? So, and then methylene blue is 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 a fantastic mitochondrial optimizer. So this is a a compound that was invented as a textile back in the eighteen mid eighteen hundreds, and then somehow maybe they were on drugs. They figured out that it treated malaria. I don't know how, but higher doses of methylene blue treated malaria. And so as a result of that, it became the antibiotic antiviral, the antimicrobial that existed before there were such things. Mm. So like even up until the into World War II, into the Pacific Theater, the the airmen over there had to bring methylene blue with them as their antibiotic and antiviral and antifungal because that's it worked so well. But they had stories about how it turned your urine blue because methylene blue concentrates in your urine after you take it orally or even in the IV, it doesn't matter. Um, it'll concentrate in your bladder. And so you're, you will urinate blue urine. And so they had stories about their blue urine while they were traveling through the Pacific and, you know, doing what they did during the war. So, and then methylene blue from there became much more, it shifted after the antibiotics and antivirals and antifungals came along in the 1950s because nobody really wanted to be blue anymore. And so they had these drugs that worked just as well, but did all nuclear damage to your gut and everything else that we now know now and that we now know. But, you know, when penicillin was, you know, was invented, it was a big deal. And, you know, it still is a big deal. We need these things when we need them. Um, But anyway, so methylene blue transitioned from being a, uh, like antimicrobial to be more of a, um, it initially became a stain, you know, for laboratory analysis. And then they realized that it was staining the <laughs> mitochondria. still works as a stain. It still does, yeah, <laughs> as we know, yeah. Your teeth are a good example of that. Um, and, and we also know that it's actually in your cells, it stains one specific area, your mitochondria. And then over the last several decades, we've realized that it has this ability, it's an amazing ability, and it has the ability to increase the amount of energy you make in your mitochondria by increasing the production or increasing the um, the uh, the workings of a particular complex on your mitochondria called cytochrome oxidase. And it actually increases uh, the ability for this thing to turn faster and also make more electrons pass through to help you make more energy and make more ATP at the other end of it. So not only does it do that, it increases energy production that way. It also helps with how oxygen uh, is attached to your hemoglobin molecule on your red blood cell so that more oxygen gets dumped into your tissue. In fact, it helps if you have carbon monoxide poisoning or if this ever happens to you in Texas, cyanide poisoning. So if you ever get cyanide poisoning, uh, methylene blue helps because it, it actually bypasses the first couple complexes of your mitochondria and helps you make more energy energy regardless if the first two aren't working very well. So mm-hmm. as a result of that, it helps make more energy. And at the same time as making more energy, it also does the antioxidant reserve piece as well. So when you're making energy, you're also making what we call waste products of energy metabolism. And then one of those things can be reactive oxygen species, ROS. And so those are good in small doses. We need those for signaling and and they help in in various ways, but in too much, it can also cause uh, rusting of the system and inflammation. And so methylene blue helps by actually making it itself an antioxidant at the same time. So it helps, you know, don't donate electrons and then it actually uh, it actually accepts them at the same time. So it's got it's called electron cycler. So it's doing them both. It helps you make more energy. It helps produce more energy in the cells and then it helps you detox from the energy that you make. And so it's been around a long time, as I said, and, and now the research has kind of <laughs> developed into um, a lot of work that's being done in the brain. Uh, because we know we have a lot of mitochondria in your brain, a lot of mitochondria in your heart, in your liver, and also obviously in your muscles. That's where you have your most mitochondria. So we know that's where methylene blue is concentrating because that's where the methylene blue 
needs to go where there is more mitochondria. So there's a, some interesting work that's being done in, um, in Alzheimer's um, and also mild cognitive impairment. There's some drugs that are gonna be coming out relatively soon as well that focus on derivations of methylene blue for cognitive function. And there's a researcher down at actually UT Austin right here. Um, his name is Francisco Gonzalez Lima. And he's done a lot of great work looking at models of Alzheimer's disease being a blood flow issue. So if you increase the amount of uh, capacity to get more energy in your cells, even if there's not as much blood flow, you could potentially increase the brain function itself. And there's some, there's some work that's being done on nitric oxide now too with low dose methylene blue. And we think that what happens with the oxygen consumption is that you're also, um, you're creating a stimulus for the areas that are consuming oxygen to dilate blood vessels by increasing nitric oxide because the body's a, it's a highway system, but there's lots of, they're called sphincters. That's a great word. That sphincter says. <laughs> what? Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, good stuff. Wayne's world, right? So, um, but the sphincters block blood flow or they decrease the amount of blood flow that gets to tissue unless that tissue is required. Then that sphincter opens and then more blood vessel goes, uh, more blood flow will go to those blood vessels. And the key for that is nitric oxide. And so at low doses, methylene blue seems to, as a result of the oxygen consumption piece, increase the amount of vasodilation in that area that's consuming the oxygen. So we have that ability. So like in an Alzheimer's model, you know, we used to think they used to be related to these plaques. They call like the amyloid plaques and the tau tangles and all this, actually all this research was just debunked in the last couple, couple months by a researcher who went back to the original papers and saw that all the images were forged crazily enough. And Wait, so, so the, yeah. the argument for amyloid plaque and tau proteins causing Alzheimer's, Parkinson's dementia is not the case? It's not the case. Whoa! Uh, yeah, I mean, we, wow. we, we think it's, it's part of the process. Okay. And it's certainly, but like this research, these research papers that came out about 20 years ago, billions of dollars were spent as a result of their, uh, their recommendations or their conclusions on that this being the cause of Alzheimer's. And so when I was in medical school, that's what I learned. I learned that Alzheimer's was caused by these plaques and tangles and amyloid and stuff. And, and it's certainly what we think is a reactive component in the sense that we think that the amyloid and the tau happen because of reactivity. And there's a guy named Dale Bredesen, who's a pretty, uh, he's pretty well known. He's got a book called, End, I think the end of Alzheimer's now. And he talks about Alzheimer's being like four or five different types of diseases probably. Mm. But then, but the end result is the plaques and the tangles. It's not the inciting reason for Alzheimer's itself, interestingly enough. And so, yeah, it was crazy. Like all this research was forged, all these images were forged. And it's like, it's been a big deal in the research community because you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's publish or die in the research community. And so if you publish something like that, it's a big deal. But obviously like billions of dollars have been spent on research that uh, was misguided. Yeah, and so much initial. education has yeah. gone on since then, right? Yeah, yeah. I so. think, uh, I, I remember watching a documentary uh, Netflix, it was a follow-up uh, on cannabis. You know, yeah. and there, there's a Japanese scientist who was giving uh, his cancer patients cannabis and, you know, they didn't like Marinol, the, the, yeah. the prescription, so yeah. they wanted to smoke. And he uh -huh. said, okay, cool, but, you know, the, the, the understanding is that this is going to mess up your brain. Right. It, we know it, it hurts uh, short-term memory loss and things like that. So we right. started looking at the brain under fMRI and um, saw that it was actually aiding the brain as an anti-inflammatory, mm -hmm. THC, and mm -hmm. also uh, clearing amyloid plaque and tau yeah. proteins, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the retroactive studies the NFL did showed that, that people who got uh, concussions that were active smokers got back onto the field so much faster than people who were, who were intermittent smokers of cannabis, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and the question becomes like, if you clear the stuff out, does that help? And the answer yeah. from the research is no. 
Hmm. Like they've done some studies and that these drugs have failed. I'm sure THC yeah. is working a whole number of different oh, pathways yeah, yeah, as no, well, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying from like the amyloid plaque clearance thing, like there's been lots of drugs that came down the pipeline, uh, you know, blockbuster potential drugs that didn't work. And that's because- On like, Alzheimer's. Yeah, on Alzheimer's. Okay. Because for that reason is that it's not about, it's not amyloid and uh, it's how protein thing. It's something more underlying that hmm. caused it, right? So, but, you know, methylene blue seems to be something that, you know, helps with, flow it helps with blood flow and it also helps with energy production so it's it's very interesting it's very early days but there's some really interesting interesting studies that are going on there and the dosing that they use is the same dosing that we're using in our products basically you know we use 16 milligrams of methylene blue which is a lower dose i mean the methylene blue dosing can range anywhere from like where we are to up to about uh four milligrams per kilogram and still have like a, a significant therapeutic window but it's also there's also a hormetic response in the sense that above three milligrams per kilogram it becomes extremely, basically purely oxidative in the sense that it causes, it causes like an inflammatory load or an oxidative stress to the system. Mm. And that's actually been used clinically for things like sepsis, for example. So when in a septic shock, your blood vessels dilate so badly that you can't maintain your blood pressure. Blood pressure. And so we can use methylene blue to actually constrict down your blood vessels because it depletes nitric oxide. In a high dose. Oxide, yeah, yeah, at high dose. But at lower doses that what we're using, it's, it's brain function, it's mitochondrial optimization, it's antioxidant reserve. And so that's like our, our main molecule that we have, a main compound that we use both in uh, our pure methylene blue trochee called Just Blue, the one that veneered you blue. And then the, <laughs> the other one that we have is called blue canatine. And that one has methylene blue plus nicotine, caffeine, and CBD. And I know you're a big fan of nicotine as well, but people have a, a, a misconstrued notion that nicotine is bad for you in all cases. And the answer is it's not bad for you in all cases, especially if you're using low dose and you're not smoking or vaping it. You know, the problem with smoking and vaping is it hits you immediately. And then as a result of that, you get the immediate dopamine hit that happens with nicotine because what nicotine does is it stimulates receptors in your brain called acetylcholine receptors. And those receptors, when they're stimulated, they release your, your dopamine, your norepinephrine and your serotonin. So you feel good. And if that's like that immediate dopamine hit, it can cause addiction. But if you use it low and dose- And there's weird fucking pegulated uh, oils and shit in these yeah, vape oh, pens, right? Well, yeah, like exactly. You're sucking yeah. down oil right yeah. into your lungs. It's a yeah, whole different ballgame. The game, oils right? and the additives and cigarettes too. It's like, those are carcinogenic, we know. And they also enhance the addictive capacity. And that's how cigarettes were bred artificially you know, with, you know, with various crops over the years to make them higher in some of these additional, higher in nicotine, but also higher in some of these, uh, these additives that help enhance the the the, um, the addictive potential of nicotine mm. itself. So yeah, so you want to avoid all those things for sure. And so we use a pharmaceutical grade non-tobacco derived synthetic nicotine in our product, and we use just one milligram per trochee. And that you know most dosing for people is about a half of a trochee at a time, so that's just a half a milligram. And then it's dissolving over fifteen to thirty minutes in your mouth, and as a result of that, you know the odds that you get addicted to it are extremely low. I think that the studies showed like over about five milligrams of nicotine per day is is potential for addiction and that's smoking or vaping it. And a cigarette um, is at least six milligrams per cigarette up to 25 milligrams per cigarette, oh, wow. depending on the cigarette. And then also the vaping products, like, you know, it's it's just concentrated nicotine with the oil. So it's much higher. People are, I mean, on average, like, I mean, I've talked to people that have done the vaping on like the jewels and shit like that. It's like, you know, 25 to 75 milligrams per day of nicotine is what you get, you know, when you're vaping like that. So, and like, they're called pods. I don't, I don't really understand the whole thing, but anyway, <laughs> um, the I, I, avoiding anything as far as I'm concerned that's smoked or vaped is a good idea. Um, even your cannabis, I think, you know, cannabis would be even THC and CBD is probably better. Although if you have like a lot of pain, 
like I think for people that have chronic pain, like vaped THC is great because it does really help um, very quickly for people. Um, but you know, the nicotine itself is very low dose in just one milligram. And then we have caffeine in there, 50 milligrams, just a quarter cup of coffee equivalent. And then we have the CBD and the CBD in there is for neuroprotection. And it's also for kind of rounding out the edges of what nicotine and caffeine can sometimes do for people, make them feel like they're jittery and things like that. But in general, for people that are pretty well optimized, like they won't feel that jitteriness on our formula, but um, people can get headaches uh, with stimulants like nicotine and caffeine, or even just methylene blue by itself. If you're extremely toxic, um, I've had people tell me that they, you know, they, they feel worse you know, on methylene blue. And that's usually when somebody is pretty toxic overall. They have to have a lot of that health optimization piece in place really to be able to, to fully, uh, if, if their mitochondria is fully fucked, if their all complexes are not working well, methylene blue is not gonna be able to help either. So it's just, it's, you know, for me in a clinical practice, you know, I use all these things with my patients, right? So I'm like, I'm always on the hyperbaric framework, but like the before, during, and after. And oftentimes now I'm doing a lot of, using a lot of methylene blue. And so like, I'm always very careful depending on what their, what their cellular machinery is looking at and looking like before I start adding things on, even, even methylene blue, for example. Mm. So, yeah. And so that's, that's the blue canatine. Then we have the just blue, which is purely methylene blue. And then we have our other formula, which is our trocom, which is, um, it's kava, CBD, CBG, and uh, nicotinal GABA. And I think Dr. Ted talked about how GABA is extremely important as a neurotransmitter that relaxes our brain. But taking oral types of GABA is very poorly absorbed, maybe less than 10% bioavailable. So all your supplements that say GABA in them, they're not, they're not working because of GABA. I mean, certainly the other ones might be getting in, but GABA is not unless it's attached to something. So um, the other GABA that works very well, but is illegal is GABA hydroxybutyrate, GHB. GHB, I yeah. was gonna I yeah. was gonna bring it up in the last podcast. Yeah. It's one of my all time favorites. It's very rare. So, I mean, it works. It very works for sleep very well, but it does also have that date rape connotation, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it does have a bad rape. Of a bad rap. Yeah, you know, don't, and, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater is what well, all I'm going to say. that's what happens, right? Then, yeah. then phenylbut is another one, right? So phenylbutyrate is another, phenylgaba is also another one that also is pretty good as far as diffusing into the blood-brain barrier, but also not very, uh, it's difficult to get as well. So we use something that had a vitamin B3 so that it attached and that it, it went through the blood-brain barrier without too much of an issue. What's nice about B3 in low doses as well is it also dilates blood vessels. And so then you have more oxygen getting to your brain at the same time. And then you have the GABA as well together. And then, you know, kava, everybody knows these days, I think uh, it's the ceremonial, ceremonial drink in, in, the, in the, the South Pacific. Um, it's a GABA enhancer as well. It increases GABA in your brain. And it does this in various ways. Uh, but in general, it's, uh, it's used, we use it at a very low dose and we use it at a relatively high concentration of the active ingredients called cavalactones, which is about 30% in our formula. And then we have CBD, which we've already discussed and CBD is fantastic for all the reasons that you know already. But I think what I love about CBD is that it increases your bliss neurotransmitter called anandamide. Ananda means bliss in Sanskrit. And, uh, and CBD helps prevent the breakdown of your... Um, of your endocannabinoids, basically. And so you have more of those floating around and anandamide being the one that is most specific here. And then you have more anandamide, you feel more, feel more blissful, but also anti-inflammatory properties. You know, we used to think that uh, when you like worked out hard, it was your endorphins that was causing you to feel good, but it's actually your endocannabinoids most likely mm. and your anandamide being the one. So CBD prevents the breakdown of that. And then CBG is a relatively new novel cannabinoid. Um, it's a non-psychoactive and it also comes from the cannabis plant. It's also, it's called the, uh, the mother of all cannabinoids because 
uh, CBD is like the main sort of uh, family tree and then things come down, things break down from there being CBD and, and other of the cannabinoids as well, including THC actually. Um, you can make THC from CBD, uh, CBG. So cannabidiol is, uh, it's being studied now for pain uh, because it, it has a regulatory effect on, um, on temperature. It also has effect on glucose as well and some glucose modulation metabolic rate. And then it also has effect on the CBD receptor, CBD1. It is a positive, like a nootropic effect on the brain as well, correct? So CBG, uh, I love CBG. Uh, it, it gives you a little bit of a, like a mild dissociative kind of feel, um, like mildly like ketamine, but a little bit less, a uh, little less dissociative. And it also just gives you this, it, it's not being used as nootropic directly, but it's using as in combination. Like, so CBG and CBN are being used okay. for sleep formulas actually a lot now. So you'll have like CBN as another one of these novel cannabinoids that people are using. So, um, but it works fantastically well, especially trochom because we have these trochies that you can you can cut up into smaller pieces like one quarter of it it's great if like you're super stressed and like you know when you're really stressed and you're in sympathetic activation your brain doesn't think you just can't you know like it's like being in front of a, a crowded room to give a lecture and you can't think of what the words were or whatever it might be um and what this does is it takes everything down like a small notch and so that your brain turns back on you can function well. So sometimes for podcasts, I'll do like either a quarter or like one eighth if I'm, you know, if I'm feeling really hyped up for it. But then more of it, like a, like a half or even a full trochee is gonna get you to relax and turn off those, you know, those thoughts you can have before you go to bed that like, that won't stop going. Like I call them, they call it perseverating or ruminating thoughts, like those thought loops or whatever they might yeah. be. So it just shuts your brain down, you know, lets you wind down and then you can go to bed. So it's really fantastic for people that have a hard time falling asleep for those reasons. So, so and, and it's really been great for me. And, and, and actually, you know, we work with practitioners all over the world. Um, one of the main things that I do at Transcriptions is work with, uh, with our practitioners so that, you know, doctors and, and uh, practitioners that have interest in, in selling our products in their office. And so I work with them on the Trocom and the Just Blue and the Blue Canon team, getting them in their offices and working with training on how they can use these things in their practice. Because we have, we have natural or you know, semi-natural equivalents, non-prescription equivalents, but prescription grade equivalents of things that doctors are seeing all the time, seeing like anxiousness, they're seeing sleep problems, they're seeing mitochondrial problems, they're seeing uh, brain function problems, right? So we can give natural or uh, non-prescription equivalents of these things and have significant benefits. So it's not gonna be in like your regular, you know, internal medicine doctor's office because they're not gonna be selling these things most of the time. But if you go to your functional medicine provider or your, your health your health club, for example. So we're working with more gyms and more naturopaths and more chiropractors and things like that. So, you know, my goal is to get this out there and become, you know, really well known for like having really amazing grade like non-prescription products, but like almost as good as you can get. And then, you know, you have these things coming into people's offices and then, you know, patients are walking out with these things too. And that's really where I'm focused because I really feel like, you know, as a doctor, I worked in primary care for a year when I got out of medical school and it was purely anxiety and depression, like about 70 or 80% of what I saw was related to that. And I mean, of course people have their medical conditions, but like how they, it's, it's one thing to have a medical condition. It's also another to how you um, have a uh, attachment to that medical condition, right? Yeah. If you're attached to how you feel, then all the attachments related to depression, uh, insomnia, anxiety, and things like that. So like it, for me, I was like, wow, this is like looking back on it, knowing what I know now and the things that we can do, you can optimize health, obviously, you can do the health optimization stuff, but 
even if you can't get there right away and you're working with somebody as a clinician, you have these tools that could be really helpful for you in your practice. And so, like, you know, my father's a chiropractor. He sells all these things in his office. Um, I work with, you know, with all different types of clinicians. And that's one of the major things that, that I think is going to happen with our company over the next several years is that we're going to be more uh, really focused on getting practitioners these products because, you know, that's who sells products. That's who really can make a difference is the people that are seeing them, you know, on a day-to-day basis and, you know, to helping direct their care within that context of a larger framework. I like that. And yeah. with the one-two punch of this is what we need to do foundationally that's going to fix long, you know, the, you didn't get gut yeah. dysbiosis overnight, right? It's right. going to take a while to fix that. Right, right. And then also help you to optimize how you feel and operate in the world right in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So you, I mean, we all need both, right? We all need yeah. to have the ability to do what we need now to get it done now, you know, and then be in that moment, but also, you know, try to look a little bit ahead of time and see like, where do I want to be in 20 years or 15 years or whatever? And do I want my health to be awesome? Or, you know, that's the, the time is to start is now. And, you know, the thing also is that people worry that it's too late because they already have medical conditions. They're already on five or 10 medications or whatever. I, I got to say, it's never too late, you know? And I think there's always things that you can do to optimize and always things you can do to build on that foundation. So I've worked with people with, 30 medications and I've worked with people that have zero medications and I, and you can see benefits actually faster as you can imagine the people that have the 30 medications and you start coming down on those medications, you start weaning them off, you know, in a very appropriate, slow way, depending on the med. But like, you can see like extreme benefits very fast, oftentimes in people that have a longer way to go. It's like, it's like having being 400 pounds versus like 170 and you know, you're 20 pounds overweight versus you're 120 pounds or more, 400, whatever, 300 pounds overweight. And uh, you can see huge benefits very quickly with weight loss and things like that um, in somebody that's 400 pounds versus somebody that's 160 and then they need to be 150 pounds or whatever, right? If, if like athletes always want that one or 2%, um, and we can see that with the work that we do, like you do the foundational stuff, you start adding on some of the other technologies, the hyperbaric chambers or whatever, you can see that. And I see it all the time, but you see the major benefit, uh, obviously in the people that have like a longer way to go, you know? And, yeah. and it takes, it can take a shorter period of time to see some benefit, but that's when you have the short-term things as well. Like you have our products or you have other ways of shifting their biology fast so that they start feeling it like right away. And then, then like, okay, I'm in. Right. Cause we all need to have that buy-in. Yeah. Right? You gotta have the buy-in. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, anything on the horizon that you're formulating or working with you can talk about that, that might be something that, that, that you're looking to, to drop in the next year or so? Well, uh, the answer is obviously yes. Um, and we have a lot of things that we're working on. I, I think that what it's coming down to is that we're going to have something for sleep and for pain probably cool. next year. Um, and then, but they're going to be extremely novel formulas that nobody has ever used these particular ingredients before. And uh, we're working with labs out of the country to make and formulate these things in ways that um, really are unavailable in the U.S. is what it comes down to for legal and illegal, illegal reasons and things. But, <laughs> um, but the idea really is that um, you know, we're a company that's looking to really produce compounds that are novel, that are therapeutic, and they work right now, right? And then always in the context of we have a nonprofit organization, we're funding the nonprofit with the for-profit company, that we're optimizing health. And the idea is to train as many doctors as possible in this framework so that they can use this in their practice. And then they can use the products in the practice if they choose to, if they don't have to, obviously. But the idea is that like it all goes well together. Like and yeah. it, it synergizes together. And so like we we don't know we I almost never 
talk about the products without also talking about optimizing your foundation at the same time, especially in like a long form. Of course, if like I do like a 30 second thing on, on Instagram, because we're told to talk about methylene blue, I'm not going to talk about that. But in general, it's always about that context. And that's really what, you know, when I met Dr. Ted uh, in the in, in Chinatown, actually, in 2017, we were walking and I'm like, you know, you're a brilliant guy. You can do whatever you want. Your IQ is ridiculous. Like you've done all these projects. Like what, why are you doing these things? Like, why are you still doing what you're doing? He's like, and, uh, he, and he, he didn't know me very well, but he knew me enough to know that what he said was really poignant for me was that like, I just want to move the needle, the needle on health just a little bit. If we can do that, like that's billions of people that we can help, or millions of billions of people. I'm like, well, that's pretty simple, right? As an idea, but like, that's really what it came down to me. And so for me, and then as a result of that, like that's why I signed on to be a practitioner, even though I wasn't really ready to do that at the time, <laughs> to be a health optimization medicine practitioner. I said I was, you know, too busy, you know, having four little kids at the time or whatever, but you know, you make space for the things that you feel like are important, right? So, and then the product company evolved out of the nonprofit as a way to obviously make money because the you know, nonprofit needs to be sustained, but at the same time, like to make products that could really help people right now. And that I could you know, take to all my colleagues around the US and the world and say, look, you guys can use these things in your practice too. And we can really do something to move that needle. And then, you know, more of them get trained in health optimization medicine practice. Great. If they don't, that's okay too. But, you know, we're making that knowledge available for people. And then we'll have all these really interesting advanced practice modules too, for people that, you know, already feel like they're trained well in whatever specialty that they have. But, um, but they're interested in cannabis, they're interested in peptide, they're interested in hormones, they're interested in psychedelics. And so we'll have all those things that are, that'll play into our framework too. And then, you know, I think over time, I think that what's gonna happen is that more people are going to realize that they don't have the foundation that they thought they did in the mm. sense that like, they think that they have a foundation as a functional medicine provider, but do they really, right? Um, because it's, sometimes it's so unwieldy for doctors to get trained and also for, for clients or for patients to, go through the process, right? I'm like, I just have three tests. That's all I start with. And then we do everything with lifestyle, diet, supplementation. That's it. That's where we start. And then I think it's just simpler for, for doctors like me. Like I trained as an internal medicine physician and I learned the biochemistry, but you don't learn that you can do anything about your biochemistry. Mm. But then, but taking it to that level of learning that you can do something about the markers in the Krebs cycle, your citric acid cycle and the markers in your gut, like that was just transformative for me because I was like, well, I, this goes through like the process of, optimizing health without foundation, allowing the body to heal itself. Just like when I was a kid and talking to my dad about letting the body heal itself using diet, supplementation, and subluxation, right? The, the things that a chiropractor will do, at least the last one for everybody. So really just kind of put it full circle for me. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic, brother. Yeah. Well, where can people find you online? So the transcriptions company is transcriptions.com and at Instagram, it's at transcriptions. Um, we have our um, health optimization medicine and practice is homehope.org. And uh, my hyperbaric consulting optimization practice that does the integration along with the health optimization medicine stuff as well, that's usually the best place is uh, probably my website, which is uh, drscottsure.com, my name spelled out. Or if you just type my name into any Google browser you, or any browser, you don't have to use Google, believe me, I don't use it anymore. Um, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can find me and all the podcasts that I've done and all the work that I've done on the hyperbaric piece. But those are the major places, I would say. And I also have uh, Instagram at drscottsure as well. Cool, phenomenal, brother. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Thank you so much. This is a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. yeah. 